winds declare the glory of God. The sky displays his handiwork. Day after day it speaks out. Night after night it reveals his greatness. There's no actual speech or word. Nor is his voice literally heard. Yet its voice echoes throughout the earth. Its words carry to the distant horizon. In the sky he has pitched a tent for the sun. Like a bridegroom it emerges from its chamber. Like a strong man it enjoys running its course. It emerges from the distant horizon. It goes from one end of the sky to the other, and nothing can escape its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect. Our preservation comes from you, Lord. Our preservation comes from you and, and nothing else. It's not by the it's not by the amassing of resources, not by the amassing of the people. Where we say that you preserve our life and that we are preserved out of the heavens. The rules that are set down by the Lord are reliable. Everything wants to say in this world that you can't rely on the Lord, but you can fully rely. You can fully rely on him. Lord, when we need wisdom, because we haven't experienced this way heretofore, we ask you for wisdom. We ask you for wisdom to lead us, Lord, into the realm of the unknown, into the realm of the unseen. Because your precepts are fair, Lord. And in truth, Lord, only joy can come from you. For joy comes in the morning. Your commands are pure. Every insight you give is for life. Your commands, Lord, are to fear you. You're right. And everything you say endures forever. Your judgments, Lord, that you give, they're trustworthy. You're absolutely just. You're greater value than gold. Even a great amount of pure gold. We delight in you, Lord. You're sweeter than the honeycomb. You're sweeter. Oh, you're sweet, Lord. When we need guidance, Lord, we find it from you. You're our rich reward, Lord. Who can know his errors? Please do not punish us for sins that we're unaware of. Moreover, keep us from our, our flagrant sins. Do not let my sin control me. I will be blameless in your sight. I'm innocent, Lord, of blatant rebellion against you. 
May your words and my words and my thoughts, may they be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, we say right now, you're our sheltering rock. You're my redeemer. We bless you, Lord. Good and gracious are you, Lord. You're faithful, Lord. Your mercy endures for a thousand generations. Bless your name. We bless you, Lord. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised.
my God, my enemies, they consume themselves. Who is like my king? He who rules with compassion and love. Who is like my warrior? He who rescues me will avenge me. And it's only a little while that I sit in darkness. Rejoice not against me, O oh enemy, and when I fall, I shall Declare who is like our God, who 
judgment, God. Bring your judgment, God. Make right. church in Sardis right. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Revelation chapter 4 verse 5. From the throne came flashes of lightnings and rumblings, peals of thunder, and before the throne seven lamps are burning. Let the seven lamps burn hot. These are the seven spirits of God. Then I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He has seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Then a shoot. Then a shoot will spring forth. Spring forth. 
Let the shoots spring forth From the root of Jesse Bring forth the branch of the Lord Let the root of the branch bear his fruit The Spirit of the Lord Rest on the Lord The Spirit of Wisdom The Spirit of Understanding The Spirit of Counsel Spirit of strength, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Listen, and he will not judge by what his eyes see. world, Lord. Take us into the unseen realm. Even this morning. Not what we see and what we hear in this world, but what heaven says.
like my God. My enemies consume themselves. Who is like my King? He who rules with compassion and love. Who is like my warrior? He who rescues me and will avenge me. you to uh, put out your hands. The Lord keeps saying this to me. Right now, like never before. And you're going to need this impartation of this seven spirit of God. You're going to need this to take you through where we're headed. Now I want to pray for you this morning. I want to ask the Lord. Many of you in this room, you possess the Spirit of the Lord. If you do not, I pray right now that the Spirit of the Lord, that you can clearly hear His voice. When he tenderly speaks to you and he woos you, that you would have ears to hear and eyes to see. The Spirit of the Lord, as he's moving around you in your life, in your daily life. I pray that the distractions of this life will not distract you from the Spirit of the Lord. He's tender. He's like a little child and a master craftsman. Everything you need for life and godliness is found by His Spirit. But He's a gentleman, and He will not violate you. He will not just come in on you. You have to turn aside to see, to hear, and to see the Spirit of the Lord. That you would know him daily. Oh, I can't be Carol. You mean in the daily rounds of life? Yes. Yes, in my workplace, in my home. Spirit of God, woo us. Spirit of God, distract us and pull us into your news channel. Off this world system. I want you, Spirit.
Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Spirit of the Lord, renew us this morning. Yeah, there's been things going on with you all week. Yes! And there have been hardships coming on you from every moment in time. Spirit of the Lord, He has the perspective that you need. I pray that you receive this perspective. I pray over you the spirit of wisdom. You need the meta-narrative. You need a bigger you need a bigger position to take. You need an enlarged reality. The spirit of wisdom. I pray for the meta-narrative right now of your life. That you will have the God's eye view. And while you're walking out through your daily trials, now while you're facing the needs of your family, spirit of wisdom for decision making, that you will not lean to the left, that you will not lean to the right, but you'll find that path and no man know it. That Job found. You'll escape out of the walls of the enemy because wisdom will come into you in the fire. The illumination of the Spirit will illuminate your understanding, the Spirit of understanding. Now, I may have a meta-narrative, but I need to know how to walk out my daily life. I need a step-by-step, -step, Lord. I need understanding. I know a righteous man and woman's steps are ordered of the Lord. I want your order. I need your understanding. I need it in my family. Husbands, well with your wife with understanding. It's a listening ear. It's a double listening. It's to hear the heart. To dig down into the other person, the other situation and say, Lord, I need understanding. I'm missing something here. I'm bristling. I need an understanding. wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established strengthen our households Lord children and grandchildren moms and dads from the heavens. It's a clear word for the Lord. It's 
not concerned with who it offends, but it just says, because it's the counsel of the Lord, it comes out of the heavens, out of the sword of Yahweh. The counsel that Jeremiah knew, the counsel that Micaiah knew, counsel that comes from the council room. Release counsel on your people, Lord. every day deciding that my heart's going to love I'm going to choose love again I'm going to go another mile I'm going to go two miles to love I need strength in the inner man to love that you would cause us more to comprehend love from the width the height the breadth the length it dwells with love Strengthen the inner man. We need the knowledge, Lord. And does it come from the tree of knowledge? That's a right. I didn't take you out of the world. 
eternity, wonders and majesty, God of creation, ancient, alive in me. God of all nations, uncharted galaxies, God who is spirit, alive in me. Covered in blood, 
Chapter 2, verse 4. Concerning the Israel of God. The Israel of God from the northern kingdom within this nation. Hosea prophesies. After the split of the kingdom. Under Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Hosea is born during that time and he makes this prophetic oracle. The Holy Spirit says to me, you must say this. And I have wanted to hold this in my mouth, but I will say the word of the Lord concerning this nation. But more particularly, the Israel of God within this nation. I will have no pity on her children. Because there are children that have been conceived in adultery. Their mother has conceived and committed adultery. 
And she who has conceived has acted shamefully. For she said, I will seek out other lovers. And they are the ones who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, and my olive oil and my wine. The Lord says that his discipline is going to bring a remnant back from Israel. Now, I've been asking him for some time, how are you going to raise up this remnant? But the Lord says, I have to discipline my remnant. The remnant of Israel. So therefore, says the Lord, I will soon fence her in with thorns. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. Then she will pursue her lovers, but she will not be able to catch them. She will seek them, but she will not find them. Then she will say, listen, I will go back to my husband. disciplines Hebrews chapter 12 and chastens those sons he loves the Lord in this nation and I can't speak for every nation but I can speak for this nation there has to be a discipline there has to be a hedging in Israel must return and she's not going to just return naturally because she believes and has received all of her provision out of a life of adultery. It's like the golden calf in the day. It's like finding something other than God himself. And the Lord must, the Lord must, and the Lord will in this hour. He will raise up a remnant and draw people back to himself. Zechariah says, listen, restore, return, return to the stronghold of Zion. The Lord says, I will restore to you double. But if they will not naturally return, because they've been enmeshed so much in the ways of this world, the Lord will bring the discipline so that they will cry out for him again so that we who are like a first fruits here of a remnant that is returning saying i need you lord i want you lord you're my oil you're my wine you're my flags you're my clothing lord return your family I wall her in, says the Lord. Bring back your remnant, Lord. Bring back your remnant to yourself, Lord. Too long in the north, Lord. Time to come where? The Spirit of God, where we worship. In spirit and truth. Where you're our all, Lord. It's not things we want, Lord. 
But it's you we want, Lord. She will say, I'm better off. She will say, she will think, I'm better off then than I am now. to call for this. This is why this house has been established by the Lord for the return of the remnant. No one likes to see other people go through hard places. No one likes to see that. But there has to be a discipline. And many of us in this room that have been disciplined by the Father, right now we would give great thanks to Him for the discipline. We wouldn't trade what he's done for us and our soul for this whole world's goods. All that they may know who you are, Father. The fullness of the Gentiles must come in. A quality of life. The fullness of the Gentiles must come in in these end times. Your rebellion, from your rebellion. 
Tom at Manus, will you come?
the return and the reconciliation of your people, oh God. Lord, we pray, Lord, that by your Spirit you would do mighty things, that you would reconcile us one to another, that you would reconcile us unto yourself, oh God. Lord, we pray that you would make us one, you say that as you and the Father are one. We pray for that, oh God. Every wall that separates us, every unbelief that separates us, every fear, every selfishness, every going our own way, Lord, we pray that you would break that down. That you would make us one. That you would gather your people. That you would gather your people. say, you are my son, today I have fathered you. In another place he says, I will be, I will be his father, and he will be my son. But when he again brings his firstborn into the world, he says, 
Let all the angels of God worship Him. Let all ye angelic realm worship the Lord. And He says of the angels, He makes you angels. His spirits, the ministers, the flame of fire. ministering spirits of the Lord that you're sent out to serve those who will inherit salvation something's in our mouth this morning for the dispatch of the angelic realm listen if this is odd to you it says that we one day will judge angels listen you the sons and daughters of the Lord out of your mouth. There, there has to be a dispatch this morning. He's going to reap from the four corners of the earth. 
angelic realm. Those of you who hear our voice today as a corporate voice out of Zion, go forth. Fly, fly, fly. Do your duty.
trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm, signal on my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land shake with fear, for the day of the Lord is about to come, indeed it is near, it will be a day of dreadful darkness, and a day of foreboding storm clouds, with blackness spread out over the mountains. Release the huge army, Lord, because we've not seen anything like this ever before. And there will not be anything like this for the generations to come. Bring down your fire. Bring the fire, Lord. Devour everything in our path. Let the flame blaze, Lord, behind us. Let the land bring forth like the garden of Eden. And let everything that is behind us be a desolate wilderness. For nothing shall escape this work of the Lord. Charge like horses. Charge ahead like war horses. And sound the chariots. Rumbling across the mountaintops. Like the crackling of the Let the mighty army of the Lord in this hour be drawn up for battle. People of God, prepare for war. Let the sons of Zion come forth. Under the spirit and the fear of the Lord, bring forth your sons, Lord. Raise up your army, God. Raise up this entire army, Lord. are a prelude to war. Coming. 
Excellent. Um, ah, the Lord is very pleased 
very pleased, very pleased, very pleased. Psalms 110.7, you know, and the, and the Lord shall drink by the brook in the way, therefore he shall lift up his head. The foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay what? Now he's finding a place where his heart is wanted, where he's wanted. You, you all process so well today. Amen. We all jumped in there and got in and received the seven spirits of God. Got into Psalms 110.4, your priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then the Lord said, you know, we're going to begin some national, national things. So we're looking at uh, the drawing in of the remnant. <clears throat> Israel um, will have to come under discipline. Sometimes, you know, we think of discipline as punishment, but with the Lord, discipline is not punishment. Uh, the Lord will punish the wicked, but his sons and daughters he disciplines because he loves them. And you know this as well as I, that many of our hands have been into trying to find the oil, the wine, the oil of gladness. This will make me happy, whatever that may be, or bring me joy. <clears throat> the wine... And you go to seek other things. We, we get our anointing from this oil. We get our wine. And then he says flaxseed and our clothing and things like that. You know, thinking that these things will actually uh, satisfy. And they never will. Uh, the, the Lord's your clothing. Um, he's a person, yes. But he takes care of that. He takes care of your oil. And all the different forms. It, it may come in your electricity, it may come in your gasoline, it may come in burning an oil lamp at your house at, back in the day. You know, it, oil comes in different forms. There's a sense of if your gladness is being taken from you and it takes you into madness or sadness, that you have to say, Lord, give me the oil of gladness like you have because things are trying to come at you and me and want to get us into left-based sadness and right-based madness. Why? Because we lost control and we can't manipulate. And God says, be glad. And then the wisdom comes in the gladness and there's the, there's the solution. Be glad and be content. And in the gladness is the blessing of the Lord. And then our wine, is the, the wine brings forth joy. And wine expands. And so let us not look through things through a lens of limitation. Because we, we worship an unlimited God who's uncreated and creates ex nihilo, meaning he creates out of nothing. The Lord can take water and turn it into what? Wine and expand your resource, your needs. There's an expansion principle, an enlargement with God. Take that into your heart. Let his wine be your wine. Um, he saved the best wine for last. He told me that years ago about Stephen out of Mountain Vintage. He saved the best wine for last. Let your wine be an expansion principle. Don't see through that. Don't look at what you see. Look at who, he who is unseen and let the expansion come. He'll expand and bless you. And, and then again, let your clothing 
He says, I give you the garment of praise, what? For the spirit of what? Heaviness. And when you feel things start to weigh you down, praise the Lord. Get, in your, get, in, get into praise. Do you want to adjust your priority because your priority can't be seen? And you can't think of a way out? Go praise the Lord. And watch what happens when the garment, I, I think of it as like stealth clothing. It comes on you. It protects your body, your physical needs. You, people need this stealth clothing in COVID. You need to listen to praise. The high praises of God's people which breaks the back of the enemy. It comes on you. It tries to get you down into despair. You, you're not going to make it. Your body can't handle it. Get the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Jesus gives all of this away to us for free. But, it, but I tell you, I, I know this as a man. There must be an attention towards it. You must give yourself to him. Again, he's a gentleman, so give yourself for the oil. Give yourself for the wine. Give yourself for the garment of praise, the flaxseed. Because Israel, what she had done, she had said those things come from another place. And that's why the discipline comes. And no one likes to be disciplined, but I tell you, at least for me, it seems like if I get off track and I think my flax, my garment comes from over there. We need new clothes if my garment comes from over there. If my protection for my health comes from over there. No! My, my protection comes from my praise that's on my mouth. You see, Zion's different than Sinai. Zion isn't based in uh, what you can do with, the, with your uh, wine and expansion. Zion isn't based like the world systems based, or even like Sinai's based. I'll muscle through it. I'll pull myself up by the bootstraps. No! No, get your, uh, get your worship music on and praise the Lord. All of us here soon, no matter what our position is, will be placed in these positions. You might as well go ahead and get on with it. You know, Lydia told me when she was a little girl, I, I was down, man, I was down. She said, dance to me, Daddy, dance to me. And we started dancing on injustice because she used to really, there you go, Judah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and dance to me. And we dance and the spirit of that heaven, it just left. There's something in that. I mean, give yourself to it. I want to encourage you because this is real. And I mean, it was real for Paul. It was real for Peter. It was real for the whole apostolic band. It was real for the early church. The world is changing. I think you can see that in the news. You're going to either be on the Lord's side. There's not going to be like a little middle ground like you can play the field anymore. It's either you're in or you're not. You know, you're, it's going to be this way. It's getting, you can see what's going on in the nations. You can see what's happening and I know in Afghanistan. You can see, you know, what's happening. The, the enemy is, he's on an assault. And some of the protections that people have are not there. And people are getting afraid and they go trust in something else. Don't do that. I've seen it so many times. I've watched visibly watched my, with my eyes the Lord bring expansion I've watched it there's no way boom there he is run up to the edge jump <laughs> not like literally but jump into his arms trust him okay alright let's take an offering this morning mm -hmm.
thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity that we have when we give. It like shows that we don't retain or hold the, the things. We, we can trust you. It just gives us a, a way to move and say, you know what? I, I believe in your expansion principle. And I just I bless what you're doing. And um, I pray blessings on you in that radical kind of way. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you as you give. How do I give your heart? How much closer can I come? If, if you have not been with us over the last few weeks, um, Henry finished up the, pod, or the, the podcast that we do out of the Collider for the previous two weeks. I, I really would like for you to uh, take time to listen to those. You can go on to uh, SoundCloud, and, you know, it's under Galactic Progeny, but it's Starlink 5 and 6. Because uh, there's, a, there's a pretty significant context there that's being painted that is really 
quite necessary, honestly, for the understanding of, of what's happened. Today I will finish up uh, Starlink 7, and then we're going into a series. Uh, I don't know if you call them a series, but it's going to be called the Event Horizon. And I don't even know what that means yet, but that's where we're headed. Um, and I, I, I can say like one thing that I know the Lord is, it says like in Psalms 19 this morning that he's out there in this space of the horizon and sitting on the horizon. And I, I believe, and it, this happened in Starlink 2, but um, that in Starlink 2, I, I don't know if some of you are here, but during, during that one event, we it was up here worshiping the Lord. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that much light come through like a veil. But it was probably like black, like the veil. And then this uh, stream of light goes down the middle of it. And it just literally just puts me down on my face. And uh, thankfully, Henry and Steve kind of came up and took over. But I, ever since that experience, how do I say this? I've had my personal mind blown. And my personal understanding of the Lord born. I knew that for just a moment it, it, it stepped into like Revelation 22 where it says neither the sun nor the moon gives light there. And that this light was from the very Son of God. I've got a podcast. I don't know if you've heard it. It's called uh, The Pixel. And I, I joke about actually seeing in the darkness and I see one pixel of light come through. And it so like hits my heart that... The light is so bright, just one pixel that I was just immersed in the love of God. And so then I go do another uh, meeting one night with Steve and Scroggs Sr. and John Harris. And the Lord said, invite them into the pixel. And, and so I didn't know I could do that, but I could draw people up into where I was at. And so I said, why don't we go in together? And we had a pretty significant kind of little meeting that night. And, I mean, people were falling on the floor and saying they were getting blasted by light. And some people had their burdens taken off their shoulder. And I realized how much we need uh, this light. But what happened in Starlink 2 was like, it wasn't like just one pixel. It wasn't like three pixels. And I'm not saying it was 720p. I'm not saying it was 1080p or whatever the new, the new one out is. But it was enough to just like... Man, and I think what was going on is it was a picture into the horizon, and I ordered some new shoes, and and I know it's kind of funny, but I've been walking in these Tevas, because Teva means God made, I mean, pretty much almost since we started here, or around December, and wearing the backs of them off, I said, I need a new pair of shoes, so I ordered these Solo grid shoes, and uh, Lord's like, you probably should look up the name of a Solo. Well, a solo means, it's an Italian city, it means the city of a hundred horizons. And I said, oh no, I can't walk in those shoes. <laughs> because if you just see that, you get a view of that glory. I believe it's what Moses said, you know, I'll come by, and I'm not saying it was at that level, but I mean, it was enough, like a crack in the veil. It was enough, and... Um, it, it, it really is what's propelled forth the, these Starlink uh, messages. And it kind of hit me, oh, yeah, you're linking the heavens to earth through light. And so the Lord, 
There's, a, there's an idea that we have of heaven because heaven is coming into our life. There really is a heaven. You know the book that came out a few years ago, Heaven Is For What? I mean, it, there is a real heaven. And it's not some kind of made-up place. And Jesus is telling his disciples, right, what does he tell them? You know, when he gives the, the Lord's Prayer, he says, Our Father, which art in heaven... You deserve the most honor, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth where? As it is where? In heaven. And so Jesus was intent on his people bringing heaven to earth. Another way we're saying that in this series and today we'll conclude it. uh, The Starlink series is that Jesus is saying, I want to link heaven to earth. I, I want to link heaven to earth in your life. And there's this place in the horizon that I want you to enter into, which is the real place. And I didn't know, I mean, I haven't known this for since I've been doing this, that you could begin to behold that which is unseen outside of time into this time. You can begin to behold that which is unseen into that which is seen. And so I want to start with this a little bit this morning because last week, if you were here, I got completely froze up here. And it was because I I felt like this ministry is sitting right on the edge all the time. And it's like we're pushing the very edge and a pressure point And when you get up to the very edge of something, you don't know how to navigate through it because you've never been there. And sometimes, you know, they say about leadership that leadership is what describes reality to others. It it gives reality. But what happens when you don't know what the reality is? Well, that was the experience last week. And I got overloaded and I just sat here and there's this long space where I just got stuck because I... I couldn't like process it and I want to take us back to that where I got stuck last week because I I said the Lord this is coming out of my mouth and I'm not going to back up this time and get stuck you know Lord willing I'm gonna pray this morning before we begin to just we'll be able to receive this word and the Holy Spirit would have full sway with my mouth Holy Spirit I give you this my vessel, my whole self, Lord, that it would be given over to you so that I could say what you are saying outside of time into this time, and it will penetrate our hearts, Lord, and the hearts of who listen to this message out of the Starlink 7 over even nations that this is going out to. I pray where this message would be and sent from you, and, it, and anything that's said, Lord, would bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, may you be glorified. Amen. Numbers uh, t- chapter number 24, verse 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not close at hand. A star will march forth out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise out of Israel. 
He will crush the skulls of Moab and the heads of the son of Sheev. Edom will be a possession. Seir, his enemies, will also be a possession. But Israel will act valiantly. A ruler will be established from Jacob. He will destroy the remains of the city. This is the fourth oracle of Balaam. How many of you know the story of Balaam and Balak? This guy, he wouldn't even like listen to a donkey, right? The donkey had to, God had to put his mouth in the donkey so he'd listen to him because he sort of didn't want to say what was to be said. And he was under like a temptation. Uh, Balak had prop, had give a promise to Balaam that if he would you'd just curse Israel or get them into a curse or that Balak could take over because he had seen that God was with his people. And he thought if I could get Balaam to curse them, if I could get him to, to say something from the Lord against them, I could defeat them and they could take over. And so he offers and baits Balaam into a financial prosperity to gift him into getting him to speak these curses. The way he he had thought um, that he could compromise Israel was to uh, monetize God's prophet. And, And the bad thing is, is that Balaam was willing to be monetized. I mean, you think about one of, of God's leading prophetic voices in that day. I mean, listen to, what, listen to this before he opens this oracle in verse uh, 15. He uttered this oracle. He says this about himself. The oracle of Balaam, son of Beor. Uh, uh, Carol, what does Beor mean? It means like the burning one. I mean, Balaam, is, Balaam has this prophetic oracle gift and he's a burning one. Today, you know, you hear about the burning ones. I mean, these are the people that when they say, I want to be one of the burning ones, they're talking about night and day intercession and prayer and worship. They're talking about, I want my heart to be a flame of fire. This is who Balaam is. He's a burning. He comes from a daddy whose name means the burning one or the burning. He's on fire. And he says, um, This is the oracle of a man whose eyes are open. I mean, many would say that my eyes aren't even spiritually open to God. That, I mean, we did that today, right? Isaiah 11. He had, speaking of this king that's going to come forward in Isaiah 11, out of the root of Jesse, he said he he won't look with what his eyes see. Speaking of the natural dimension, he won't look here what his ears hear in the natural dimension. He doesn't make his decisions based off a of natural dimension reality. Job will say in Job 42, is it 5 or 6? He says, he says, now that my eyes have seen, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Remember that? That's after Job, all his trials, Job's eyes have been opened up to the heavens and the earth and now his eyes see. But think about a prophet who claims to have his eyes open. He doesn't mean like naturally. 
Balaam was a man who had his eyes open to the spiritual dimension. He could see. He had a daddy who was a burning one. He's a man, it says here in verse 16, says, this is the one who pronounces an oracle from the one who hears the words of God. You know, have y'all ever been in those conferences or teachings where they do um, how to hear the voice of God? Did any of y'all ever go to any of those where you've had pastors preach that? Or especially in the charismatic side, they would bring in conferences on how do we hear the Spirit of God, listen to the voice of God. We did that in the impartation this morning that you would hear the voice of God, that you could have your ears, your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes tuned in the Spirit of God. This man says, I can't hear him. I'm an oracle. And who knows the knowledge of El Elyon, Most High. Uh, you remember Genesis chapter 14 when Melchizedek meets um, Abram? And he says, blessed are you, Abram, of God what? Most High. He had a revelation of cosmic God. Not just soteriological God. What, what do you mean, Carol? He didn't have just a revelation of salvation, healing, and deliverance that's available for us. He had a revelation of God's cosmology. I mean, Balaam, I mean, we give this guy a really hard time, but this guy is a serious oracle. And he says, I've, I, I understand God as El Elyon. He had a revelation of that. You don't say, I know God most high back then in the Hebraic thought. And, you, and even today, you, because I, when I started my journey with the Lord, the Lord, I said, well, what are we going to do on that mountain? And he says, no, me. And I said, I already do. <laughs> that was like the most ignorant thing a person could say. You know, but I, I knew God. Uh, Balaam says, I have a, I have a prophetic I have an experiential revelation of God as El Elyon. He doesn't mean, yeah, I know about El Elyon because I read it. You see what I'm doing here? Because I got to set this up. He sees a vision from the Almighty. I mean, this guy can see visions. Isaiah 6 goes up like he's, he's in the throne room. Remember that? Micaiah, Jeremiah. These guys have been up in what's called the Sod of Yahweh. And although falling flat on the ground with my eyes wide open, <laughs> this means that he was having an open vision. You know, anybody know the difference between closed and open vision? Open vision and closed vision. Closed vision is... Your eyes are open, but you still see everything out in front of you. But in your spiritual eyes, you can begin to behold and see things from the Lord. Closed excuse me, open vision is your eyes are wide open and your whole screen changes on your eyes. I mean, personally, I've only had one open vision. And it was the birthing of the Antichrist back in 04. I've got a podcast on that. And I saw the, the baby, it was a little baby dragon with cloth is right around the time Elizabeth was born and I and I see uh, him and I said Lord what is that and, and the Lord said the Antichrist has been born I called a couple people that I knew and loved the Lord and I said and I didn't tell them what the Lord said to me I said 
Will you pray and ask the Lord what this is? They call me back. They said, the Lord said to me, the Antichrist has been born. The other person calls me back and says, the Lord said to me, the Antichrist has been born. I said, and I can still see how that could be subjective, even with that way. So, I mean, and I, I tell this story. We go to listen to uh, Howard Pittman, and Pittman does this whole story. And Howard Pittman says, Antichrist is here. And he, y'all will have to hear that in my podcast, Antichrist. No less, open visions aren't that common is what I'm trying to get at. And this man, Balaam, son of the burning man, or the burning one, I don't know if it's burning man out, out there, but son of the burning, has all this kind of thing. He has this gift. I want to tell you, I want to say this before we enter into this. And I mean, this is, this is to me, this is to any of us that operate in God's gift. Be careful. I mean, be especially careful with the gifts God has placed in you that you're not monetized or bought off. And allow that buying off thing to compromise the word of the Lord in your life. I mean, this is something we can, this is just like a quick based application. Do you know that Al Capone in Chicago, they were trying to get him because, you know, he's running rackets and running gambling and prostitution rings. I mean, he's, and he's got like a stronghold in the city. Do you all know a little bit about his story and how he was finally taken down? Did you know there was a guy, I forgot who he worked for, but he worked for one of the federal agencies. And he tried to take down Capone. And so he's working really hard at this. And one of the guys uh, that worked for him, Capone, goes over to him. And back in the day, and I think slid, you know, $2,000 a week income across the, the desk to him. and says, listen, you know, you, you lay off our guy. You know, you're, you're set for life. Your wife's set for life. Your kid's set for life. And that, you know what that guy said? He said, no, I won't take it. You're not going to bribe me into stopping you from you guys from doing what you're doing. I'm proceeding with the prosecution against you. That guy, though, you know what, what happened to him? He had another problem. He loved to be seen in the papers. And he wanted fame. He wasn't like going to get it for the money, but he, he wanted fame. And, and because, and it, somehow this works out, because he gets in the papers and wants to be seen, he can't really take down this man, Capone. You know who took him down? Is a, we call them pointy heads in the Air Force. Pencil pushers. Paper back desk guys. The, they, call, they may call them nerds in your fields. It's the guy in the back. It, it was a treasury guy that did Capone's books and found an error in his accounting books. <laughs> Brought down the whole thing because you know why? Because he couldn't be compromised. He wasn't going to be compromised by sensationalism to be seen. He wasn't going to be monetized monetarily because you can buy him off. Listen, listen, hear me out. There's going to have to be inside of you and me a fierceness in this hour of loyalty to Jesus. It's going to affect your pocketbook. 
it's going to affect how you're viewed in public. And you're going to have to make a decision. If you're not already having to make decisions in your life right now, because this is so real, that pressure is real. Y'all hear what they're saying in the news and how that if you don't do certain things, we're going to begin stopping some of the buying and selling. There's some level of social media persecution that's going on right now that you, you can't make certain decisions anymore. They're finding out people and sort of targeting certain people that don't have certain things they say you must have. And if you don't have it, then, well, it's going to affect your paycheck. Folks, this is real. We, we, we care about the things that bring the oil and the wine and the clothing and the needs that we have. We gotta, we've, we've got to take care of things, don't we? Well, I'm sure that Balaam probably felt the same way. I mean, he's a powerful, he has a powerful ministry. Even God himself, who can deliver prophetic oracles through him, is still having struggle getting to him. So he has to use a beast of burden to get his attention. It's as strong as the giftedness is in many of you that are sitting in this room. As wonderful as you are, and the people that will hear this message, hopefully a lot, we cannot be compromised. There's something you're going to have to really, really know. I mean, know it now. I mean, some of us, especially that have been in end-time leadership training, I... Our family's been in this for 17 years, being prepared so that we can have some level of authority in our voices to say, don't, don't buy off on that system. The Lord will take care of you. Don't. It's, it's going to get more. It's not going to get easier. And I'm not here to be like a prophet of doom. The revelation of God is coming. Jesus is coming back. Our king is coming back and he, listen, there must be a fierce loyalty to him. A love. And um, <laughs> I'm up here two weeks ago. And I'll just tell you how he talks to me. He said, go to James chapter 2. And I was like, Lord, I got the uh, di differentiation of persons. I remember when I had a demonic attack on that one and I repented, you know, years ago when because I differentiated social class and I differentiated you know, male, female, I differentiated and did all that, and the Lord dealt with me. I mean, it didn't feel good either. I said, Lord, I got James too, like, you know, because it says, don't say the one in goodly apparel sit here and the one who doesn't have much over there, and don't treat people like that right on socioeconomics. Don't you do that, and don't you treat it on a race thing, and don't you do it on a gender thing. Don't you treat people like that. I was like, I got it, Lord. I, he said, no, go to James Go down in James 2. <laughs> and I get down there and it says, Oh, you want evidence, you empty fellow? And I was like, Oh. Because the pressure's real. <laughs> you want evidence, you empty fellow? 
It says, did I not say to Abraham, go sacrifice your son on an altar? And did he not do what he was supposed to do? And did I not, did I not raise up a ram caught in a thicket and bless him? Yes, Lord. I, I'm up here. I repent, man. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. As soon as I said, I'm sorry, I forgive you, I love you, boom, fire in the chest. Let's run this, this event. Don't be sissy. You know, that's what, that's what he taught. Don't you be sissified in your relationship with me. I'm like, the Lord's a man of war. Like, I'm like, don't you play. Then we're at a prayer meeting. I'm feeling the pressure at the Thursday prayer meeting. And I'm out there in the car and I'm like, I don't know what to do, Lord. And I get in there and he says, Martha, Martha. And I was like, don't call me Martha. My name's Carol. I mean, it is a girl's name too, but still. He's like, you're troubled about many things, but Mary's chosen the best. I'm like, don't call me Martha. And the Lord, you know, he's probably laughing. He's like, I'll get him. You know, I'll get him one way or another. I'll call him a girl's name. That'll help him. You know, don't be all wimpy, shrimpy Christian on me. Don't be weak sauce on me. You don't know how you're going to take care of things. You're running the edge all the time. You know, wife and kids. You know, this stuff that we deal with, folks, is real. It is. It's real. And if you, if you have a fierce loyalty to Jesus, you are probably going to go through afflictions. You're probably going to go through some things and you can't understand it. And the first thing that you might do is like, God, why would you abandon me? You left me out in the dry. And don't do that. Give thanks to him. Praise the Lord. And watch the salvation of your God. Duh! Because I saw him do it again and he blessed my family again. But I was like, you know, a king is coming. A king's coming, he wants a loyalty. And you're being tested and so am I. Every day. And don't let anything compromise you. Don't you tell a lie and manipulate. And don't you try to control your situation when you feel like you're I don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Wait on the Lord. <laughs> wait on the Lord. Just wait on him. I don't know what to do. Wait until the Lord moves, and he will. Every time, every time he'll come through for you. My oil of gladness is getting low, Lord. <laughs> my wine, my wine's getting low. <laughs> don't you... Do you not see me, Lord? Well, I'm gonna send a donkey to straighten you out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you a nickname. I'm gonna call you somebody else's name. I know how to stimulate you. You know why do we want to be afflicted? You know, it's so much easier just to hold the line with Jesus. Things are gonna come at you based in your health. Things are gonna come at you in relationships. Things are gonna come at you in your finances. It's gonna happen if it's not already happening. Stand still and wait on the salvation of your Lord and don't be compromised. What? I didn't know this message was going this way. Fourth oracle. If we can just get this guy, if we can just get him to do this, I'll just pay him off, get him to prophesy against God's people and then if he'll do that, we'll have him. 
you know, I know everyone in here is not a prophet. Like, I understand that. Some of you are. Some of you have prophetic ministry. But you all have gifts from God that you utilize for the Lord every single day. And, and what I'm getting at is this, try, this thing right here is real. He says something. <clears throat> he says something that I've been pondering all week, but he says, I see him, but not now. They say that despair, which is not obviously based in hope, is the distance between where you're at right now and what happens in the future. Like, for instance, everyone in here, I'm sure, has something that you need to have happen. You know, I don't know what it is for your life, but you need this to be fixed. Everybody in here is experiencing that right now. And there's the distance between it's not happened and I hope it will, or I don't know if it will, despair. I hope it will, but I don't, I'm not sure. And I think that what Balaam is saying here is I see him, but the delivery and the time isn't right now. Eschatologically speaking, we call that the already and the not yet. I have, I have a revelation of what he can do. I can see that he can do this. I see him, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm beginning to behold him, but he doesn't seem to be right close at hand. This message here, this is a part of the tension that is in the end time people. The, there's a tension inside of you. There's a tension inside of me because many people don't even have a revelation of Jesus, but you, you need this. I know that God can act. I've seen his actions, but something isn't happening right now. I used to ask the Lord, I said, how do we shrink that? Because I call that shrinking space-time. I said, Lord, how do I shrink that? And this is the only way I know, this is the only way I know to tell you to, to shrink that. Is uh, to fully give yourself to the Lord. And the fastest I've known how to get between, I see him, but not now. The only way I've known how to get the distance between A and and B, to get the gap to close, is to behold him and to begin to look at him and to focus on him. You know, because if you, what everything is trying to do to you is to get you to focus on the item that's wrong. Any of you heard of like Schrodinger's cat and the quantum realm? Did you know that if they proved that if you look at, if you could visualize a particle and you could, if you look at it, it will freeze and stop. But if you're able to look away from it, it'll have a wave, it'll have movement, right? Well, they, all they discovered is how the kingdom of God works. Because when you look at your circumstance and your situation, 
what you do is you suspend it in space. It can't transition, it can't move, it just sits there. So the more you look at it and you say, I got this problem, all it does is freezes it into position. Has any of you, I mean, we've, we've had a, a lot of experiences with this, so I can tell you, I know for sure this is how it works. But when your eyes look up at the Lord and you forget, the Lord always comes through. It's in Romans chapter 4, I believe, and y'all can check me on this, 418. It says, Abram hoped against hope. And I've said this many times, but I'll say it, it bears repeating again. The direct object of one of those hopes was set in Sarah's womb. Why? He had been given a promise that she would be impregnated, and she was barren. And it says, when he hoped against hope, that he, even in the Greek, the direct object switched from Sarah's womb to God himself. And when it took him 25 years to stop looking at her belly. <laughs> they say it was, never mind. Um, he was looking at her. But when his eyes got off of her and got on to the Lord 25 years later, now who wants to go through 25 years of A to B? Not me. Not you. Already done that. Been there, done that. I understand this guy. I see him, but not now. Right? Because what the Lord, what the Lord wants us to do is begin to turn our eyes up like Abraham did. He said, okay, I'm going to behold him. I'm going to see him. Okay. Wait for him. Wait for him. Wait for him. That just broke, you know. That thing's out of order. How are we going to get that fixed? We need this. The Lord says, stop it. Look at me. And listen, you can't do that. I've learned this. Unless you worship him. And what I'm saying is, is if you want to get from A to B, and you don't want despair to characterize your life, call Stephen. No, I'm just playing. Get his guitar. (laughs) Get in some worship. Pitch your eyes up towards heaven. Get in an attitude like this daily. And watch how a quantum realm works that God created. I mean, every time I forget about my need, it's always taken care of. Because my eyes are fixed on him. When you forget, and, and I'll tell you, the enemies work this angle so much in us. Look at their problem. Look at your own problem. Look at my sin. Look at their sin. He's, look at what we don't have. Look at what we do have. And the Lord said, quit it, quit it. Quit doing that. Quit it. Look at me. Look at me. You want to shrink A to B where it's like this. And God said, let there be light. And God saw that it happened. Because everything God says, God sees. So that you and I can begin to say something and see it happen. Not to spend it on our own lust, but for the glory of God. Listen, we need a shrinking of space-time in the end times. It's called end times because they say everything is speeding up. We come into the end of the last days and said it'll be like a woman and her contractions will increase. Do you know what's happening? The end time remnant church is beginning to behold the beauty of God. 
We've got our eyes off the things of this world and we set our eyes and our affections on the Lord. Now, some people don't like this. You know, they want, they want their thing. They want their whatever they're missing in this world. Go ahead and let all that go. Actually, you'll be better off for it because God gives you better blessing and does better by you than you would actually choose yourself. Now, I've learned that too. The things that I thought would be best for me and my family, he ended up outdoing us. He, he would do us better. I would think, well, I should get do this. And he's like, it would be better what he would choose. Let the Lord be the determiner. A star is marching forth out of Jacob. A king's coming. Hey, I know you've been hearing that. Some of y'all sang that song, and I don't even want to remind myself of the song because if I get out of my head, I won't be able to get out of my head and remind me of all these bad songs. But you know, a king's coming. I don't know if we have like an understanding of king. Like, we, you live in a basically a completely rebellious society. We have a day called Independence Day. It's not called De Dependence Day. <laughs> I look forward to the day in this nation when we call it Dependence Day. I'm dependent on the Lord. I mean, you live, you live in, you live in a nation that was built on revolution. Democracy, in and of itself, is pretty much rebellious system. Uh, Janie said that this week. Even republicanism has in it rebellion. God's a monarch. Uh, God's, God's bringing a Davidic dynasty in. This isn't like what maybe many of us have known. That's the thing that always kind of takes me off guard sometimes when the Lord speaks to me. Because he don't speak to me like, oh, you poor little guy. <laughs> he speaks like I'm in charge, <laughs> you know. You know, he, every time he comes and you get all that mess off of you, that whiny stuff or that I'm going to muscle through and make it happen because I've got machismo, and you get that thing off of you, and then he talks with one of real authority and truth. He's in charge. A star is marching forth. This word, a star, is, is the figure for a king. The immediate reference here seemed to be the prophecy that would relate to David. But his eschatological theme went beyond him, of course, to the Lord and then first coming and then uh, <clears throat> the second coming. You know, the Magi, they beheld him and they, they saw him, uh, that he was coming into a little place called Bethlehem, one born king of the Jews. It's so wild to me that God would pick a place of such obscurity to do some of his major work. Listen, hear me out. We think sometimes because our culture, our consumeristic culture, the nature of 
stardom in this culture think so much that if something is successful in your life, it has to have everybody shouting your name down. And yet God would choose to bring forth his own son in a, uh, a stable in a place that nobody really knew what was going on. Listen, don't... Oh, Carol, this way of God. Like he wants me to trust him for the oil, the wine, the flaxseed. He puts you in a place of obscurity. Nobody even knows my name hardly. I'm trying to get my name out. If I could, I could just platform myself and we'd be all set. And then you'd have your Independence Day. And the Lord's like, oh, you thought that if you did all that, that you would somehow could be independent. You actually make yourself independent from me if you could. I remember when that thought, I really realized I was doing the same thing. I mean, I could even use God's principles and independent myself from him. I mean, just think, I mean, this isn't th things everybody... I need my name to get out in lights if it does. But what if it doesn't? What if it really doesn't? And what if you were lost? What if you got lost in it and you missed out on the greater glory? I'm not saying that God can't have a Billy Graham. He did. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But man, what's going on in the heart? How, how do we know? I heard one preacher say, how do you know that Billy Graham and Billy Graham's nanny, how do you know which one? I mean, Billy Graham's nanny might be more holy than Billy Graham. We don't know. I mean, because we, God's estimation of your life, it isn't going to matter who shouts your name down. I mean, this is real. This is real because he says that a star will come forth from a place of obscurity. He's going to march forth. I'll tell you one of the greatest freedoms that will ever come to your own life is when money can't control you. When people can't control you, and when uh, fame can't control you, and none of that has its tentacles in you anymore, and you got your eyes fixed on Jesus. Oh, the glory. I mean, the glory of coming out of Bethlehem, marching forth. And think about your life. You only have one life to live. This is your internship. How are you going to spend it? Because it isn't going to matter, listen, it, is, it isn't going to matter if you have all this big gift in this. God gave Balaam all that. It's going to matter what he did in the stillness of his own life. And you know he's going to go on and do wrong. He's going to do wrong to God's people. I mean, would you rather have the claimant son of... The ones that are sons and daughters of a star born in the place of obscurity? Or have all your stuff now? You know, which one's it going to be? Because I'm going to tell you, the seduction of the enemy in this hour, he will reign in his seduction, even on God's people. And you see it. Even on the houses of God, he'll raise it, reign in his seduction. Do you know, I, I say this, I was sharing this with Tom McManus this week. When we first started MZ Hop, it was 2011. The church was running, I guess, is our first year in. I think Jan and Brandy, Mom, and our family, 
out of all of you were the ones that were there at that time. And I remember, I remember I was sitting at my desk. And I come across my desk comes this newspaper clip and it says, You've lost your first love. I mean, we were having people healed, demons cast out. I mean, a lady got her hair back. Someone was healed of Parkinson's disease in her 90s. I mean, lymphatic cancer, Crohn's disease. They had all that going on. People are showing up. Families are coming. The Lord tells me, you lost your first love. And I, I, remember, I remember the decision I had to make. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing this. I don't care what it takes because I had failed his love and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I said, it's not worth it. I mean, for all I know, this ministry right now could be running 50,000 people. It had all the systems built and everything organized and the whole thing laid out. That day I said, I could sit there with tears falling on that day. I said, I'm not doing it. And man, demons started coming to our church and hit our whole congregation. We lost 35 people. And I realized the enemy isn't necessarily trying to get, he don't care if he loses a few people. What he cares about is what really makes that devil mad is when someone in the stillness of their life, in the quiet of their life, says, I'll choose him over everything. That, that's what's, that'll mess with, that, that's a life worth living. That's a life worth leading. And that you would decide again. And that we'll have to sign up again and again. Did I want him more than anything? And that's the passion. That's the longing. Yeah, but you didn't give me this. You didn't take care of that. So what? I want the Lord. Let us not apostate. Let us not become apostates. Let us not apostatize in the end of the age. Let us not buy off. Let us not do what Balaam did, even though he had this great gift from God. Let not our gift get in the middle of our heart's passion for him. Let it not even be that our fathers and mothers who were defined, maybe some of us, some of us are not, by a burning passion for Jesus, off that burning passion for something else of this world's good. A ruler's coming forth, a king. Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess he's the Lord. There's a kingdom coming with a king. There's a dynastic ruler who has the right over everything. I mean, right now is the big time to just say, I'm not just, I'm not, I, I'm not buying in for what I get out of this. I'm going in because you're worthy. Yeah, you're the one. Yeah, you're the one. You saved me and restored me and made me something new. And I want to give my whole self to you again and again and again and again. And yeah, things are going to break. And yeah, people are going to treat you bad. And yeah, you're going to lose stuff. Yeah, you are. But you're going to gain all the glories of who he is. He's great. And he's worth way more than this world could ever offer you. Yeah, I know you have passions and desires inside of your life. I know that there's some things you're going to have to let go of that you've longed for. I understand. And I know that some of us have needs and we can't figure out what we're going to do about it. But he'll meet us every time. Let's stand together. Uh, the, the government's coming out of Israel. Why would God bring a scepter out of Israel when the scepter was given to Judah? 
because Israel's going to link her heart in Jerusalem and no more are we going to be a divided class or a divided kingdom. I mean, no more are we going to be like separated. The family's going to come together. And what the enemy had thought to do for evil, God is going to turn it around for good. I'm going to crush, the Lord says this here. He says about him, he says he'll crush the skulls of Moab. Moab wasn't far from Bethlehem. Moab even has in its framework, almost looks like Bethlehem. Remember Elimelech went down to Moab? Because raiders were attacking the farms in Bethlehem and he wouldn't stay in the Lord's inheritance. Elimelech, whose name was Eli, my, my God is King Melech. Even he claimed that God was king and yet went to Moab. Listen, I'm telling you, the enemy is such a master player against God's people. Elimelech goes down there and he dies and both his boys die. You know why? Because Moab means who's your daddy. He had a question, does the father love me? I mean, when I'm in the middle of trials and struggles, and if you've had issues with your own daddy, it can be hard because you think, is he going to take care of me when push comes to shove? But let me tell you, this father that we have, yes, he may bring discipline, but he'll always take care of you. He's a good father. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's the mighty God, and he'll take care of you. He said he's going to crush that idea that he won't take care of his children. Yes, he will. And he'll bring down the sons of Shia, the Edomites. He's going to bring an end to my belly comes before my birthright. Your spiritual identity is going to be more important to you and to me than anything we can put in our mouth. I'm not going to compromise my relationship with the Lord even if I do not know how I'm going to get my next meal. Esau, I'm going to give you my full pledge of allegiance this morning. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I pledge allegiance to you, Lord. I give you my whole self. Crush the Edomite way and crush the Moabite way. I don't want anything to do with this. I'd rather be in Bethlehem, the little nothing place, non-platformed, not knowing how you're going to make the next thing and than to compromise my inheritance with the Father, right? Will not be bought off. Will not be manipulated. I pledge my loyalty to you. You're the star. Amen. Always have communion together.
I had, I had attacked something here, and I, and I really want to, I want you to receive this encouragement. Hey, hey, Carol, you know, that, this loyalty, what about tomorrow? Okay, I want, please hear me out. Because some of us are big time planners, and we got to think ahead, and I, and, right? What about tomorrow? He says, while it's called today, right now, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Just be in the moment with him right now. Just be with him right now. Yeah, but what, how am I going, what am I going to do about tomorrow? Okay, yes, it happens all the time, but while it's called today, just be, be present with him right now. What about when I leave this place? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Hey, we're like two minutes from there. Okay, what about right now? No, I'm not going to leave you then either. I'll be with you right now. Right now. Look, he's got you. I can't take care of that. He knows that. He's with you right now. stay connected I want to stay connected to you Lord all the time I don't want my heart to come off I don't want to move off of it out of your presence I have power to deliver on anything the Lord can do anything but will you I don't know but right now right now in this space right now in this place while it's called today I don't harden my heart towards you, Lord. God gives grace by perseverance. You will persevere and you will make it all the way through. It's too much anxiety to worry about the future. People ask, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do next. I can't even think that far into the future because right now, Right now I get to be with you. Right now in right now in your love, Lord. I got things I gotta do. I wanna be with you, Lord. I want unbroken communion, Father. I want it to be unbroken. I know you were broken so we could have unbroken communion. I know that that's what you decided to do. Today, he broke the bread for our unbroken communion, and he said, "This is my body, which is broke for you. Do this in remembrance of me." grace, Lord. I need grace all the time. Yeah, you do. You need it worse than you think. That's why Zerubbabel went out with the capstone shouting, grace, grace. He said, I'll fill you up again. 
Yeah, but we'll run out. No, you'll never run out. I have a treasure of grace that flows from my veins. I can take care of anything at any time. Just look at me. And he took the cup and he said, this is the blood, not of an old covenant, not of the old, but of the new, brand new, poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I receive the new Lord. The new thing you're doing, the brand new thing. My life's not going to be characterized by its past. Behold, you make all things new. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Bless you today.